I'm Kareen, and you're listening to Eat Like an Artist, the podcast that celebrates creatives, mindful entrepreneurship, and mental wellness. Each week, we dive into practical business advice and deep conversations among creative friends and role models, speaking openly and inclusively about life as an artist. We don't believe in gatekeeping because everyone's welcome. This is your community too. Let's find the balance within creative entrepreneurship with all the love for the art and none of the burnout and self-doubt. Hello, hello, everybody. Now, today's episode is a bit of a special episode. It is a live recording of the podcast. So we were invited to the homegrown CLT Local Arts Festival, and we had the opportunity to record this podcast episode live in front of an audience, in front of festival goers. And it was a very unique experience. Now, I say that because if you're listening to this episode, you'll probably hear a hint of nervousness in my voice. I honestly don't even remember what I said during this episode, which is really funny because most of the time when I'm done recording an episode and we get into the editing process with Alexis and I do these intro recordings, I remember what was generally talked about during the conversation I have with a guest. Looking back or thinking back to Homegrown, I had no idea what happened. I'm pretty sure I blacked out. And I really think it's because I was so anxious and so nervous about the whole thing. Now, I almost backed out of a live recording podcast experience altogether. One month before the event, I actually emailed Haley, the event organizer, this exact email. I'm actually just going to read it to you verbatim. I wanted to check in if we would be able to do the live podcast recording for next year's homegrown CLT. I'm currently trying to figure out if it will be feasible to do both event photography and podcast recording. It may be a lot to do both in a day. I'm also in a space right now where I am not sure how to necessarily run that live podcast recording event to make it super engaging for the audience. I may have a better idea of it if it were for next year where there is more time to prepare for something like this. Let me know what you think. Now, that is professional talk of me doing whatever I can to back out of this situation because I was letting my anxiety take over me. And honestly, I'm going to give a huge, huge big shout out to Haley, who really reassured me that the format has worked in the past where we could do that usual programming of podcasting, which is kind of panel discussion style where audience can also have participation. Basically, she really just helped me with figuring out like, hey, this is totally possible and you can do it. And that gives me so much confidence. And it gave me a lot more confidence on the day of because of all her assistance. So thank you so much to Haley for really pushing me to do this. And I think that goes really hand in hand with today's topic of collaboration. Now, we usually think of collaborations as something that is, well, actually, what do people really think about collaborations that I think about it? I think it's a very generic term. And maybe that's why I'm having a hard time thinking of a specific situation. I don't know. I might be wrong. You might be thinking of a very specific definition for it. But at least for me, in my head, I don't really have any specific feelings towards it. But I wonder if this is also because my repressed memory from the conversation has opened up and I'm thinking back to how there are so many nuances in the art of collaboration, whether that's making sure that you are clarifying whether the collaboration is a volunteer or paid opportunity, 
what the collaborations and goal is, who are, who's going to even be part of the collaboration. There's so many factors to it. But I think at the end of the day, a collaboration should make people feel good about what they're doing and the creative work that they have made currently and how that's going to affect their creative work in the future. And this live podcast episode is totally a great example of this. This collaboration, it was something where it benefited me because it pushed me out of my comfort zones. And now I feel a little bit more confidence when it comes to running a podcast recording live. It benefited Haley, the event organizer for Homegrown, because it gave them a performance for festival goers to go and see and experience. It benefited Libba, because Libba is our amazing guest today. And this is a way for her to share her story and share her mission of Charlotte Thrives and really just being able to engage with different people in a different way. Because podcast podcasting and podcast episodes are very, very long form, which is so different from all the short form content that we're used to. So it's very interesting when you get to experience a conversation, especially with somebody like Libba, who has so much beauty and love within her soul and really exudes that out into her community and the members of that community. And I really want to emphasize how her organization is called Charlotte Thrives. And this is also very specific to collaborations. Most of the time, collaborations are done where you are local to. I mean, there is definitely potential for collaborations that are international or you're doing it in different places. But a lot of the collaborations, whether we are first starting out or a bit of a seasoned pro, a lot of it starts off with people that we meet locally. And I think that's where it's really awesome to have Libba and having her and her brand of Charlotte Thrives because these collaborations, these connecting points, these ways of us to really understand and support our local community is how a city can thrive. I think we often try to find some sort of satisfaction and happiness from places like, wow, like if I go to New York, there's going to be so much opportunity there. Oh my gosh, if I go to LA, there's going to be so much opportunity there. Now, not all of us will be able to live or will live in a huge city like that that is known for their creative scene and known for a lot of things but I think there's so much that we can do when it comes to the collaborations that we have in our local cities with our local talent as well and I think that's again why it's really great to have Liva but also to have this opportunity done at Homegrown CLT. Now, I've mentioned Homegrown a couple of times, but really quickly, let me just read their description of the event. From mesmerizing visual spectacles to awe-inspiring performances and eclectic artisans, attendees are encouraged to explore and discover the various creatives of this city. Homegrown CLT is more than just an event. It's a hub for innovation, collaboration, and inspiration. The festival provides a platform for artists and art lovers to come together, fostering a sense of unity that only the power of art can create. And I think this description not only perfectly describes the intentions and goals of Homegrown, but also the intentions and goals that come with people who do collaborations. Now, before we do actually get into the episode and you definitely get to see me in my nervousness, <laughs> um, I do want to remind people that the reason why I decided to not actually re-record this episode, I could have easily just called up Liva and said, hey, I was totally nervous and I have no idea what even happened during our live podcast recording. Can we record it again? The reason why I didn't go for that re-recording route was because I do want to show people 
what my first time doing a project like this was like. And I think that will show people that even as I continue down the path of being a creative entrepreneur and I got some more experience in my belt, there will always be a time that I'm going to feel like a beginner. And I'm going to have those beginner nervousness. I'm going to have those times that I'm feeling extremely nervous and anxious. And I think when we acknowledge that, even for people who are seasoned pros, it reminds us that we're all human. We're all people that are afraid to make mistakes. And we just learn as we go. And we experience all those feelings of embarrassment and fear and all of the things that we think that people who may be on a ladder above us may not be experiencing. I know I see so many people who are incredible, accomplished creatives, and I tend to put them on a pedestal. But I think that's where I have to always remember that they themselves are human. And I think this episode is going to be a great reminder that it's totally okay if you're feeling nervous and you put out content that's honestly not up to your high standards. That's definitely how I'm feeling, but I do want to show people the process. And I think it'll be really cool to look back at this episode, see all the mistakes that we made, whether it's something that is technical or how I emotionally approach this, because I was very, very anxious that day. I really want to have this be sort of a stepping stone, a milestone, a checkpoint. And I can't wait for future live podcast recordings. I can't believe that I almost didn't do it. But again, For the second thing, the other thing about collaborations, it's some way to challenge us. And I think what can be challenging about collaborations, especially when we start, is being clear on what the collaboration entails. Now, I know this is actually one topic that was not discussed during the live recording. So before we get into it, I do want to quickly emphasize the need of etiquette when it comes to communication when you're doing a collaboration. Two huge things that I see creatives making mistakes on when it comes to the etiquette portion of collaboration and trying to communicate with others to set that up is one, not being clear whether it is a volunteer or paid opportunity. This happens a lot, especially within the photography community. I oftentimes see people messaging other people that they want to work with each other and they want to collaborate but then if they don't actually specify whether it's a volunteer or paid opportunity it gets into a really weird space where maybe somebody was expecting that they were going to get paid for their modeling skills and that person that was reaching out to them was like no 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 the intention was it for it to be volunteer and it gets into a weird space where y'all are both starting the butt heads because nobody was clear about, hey, from the start, are we doing this for the bank or are we doing this for the book? So that's where when it comes to reaching out to people, you can do your usual messages of, hey, like, I really love your work. I want to collaborate with you. If you're approaching somebody, be clear with them, whether it is a volunteer slash unpaid or if it's a paid opportunity. And also, if they're being paid, ask them what their rate is or let them know what amount that you're planning to pay for that opportunity. That way, all of that stuff is clear. I mean, yes, we do art because we love it and it's something that we enjoy, but we also got to make sure that, especially for people who are within that professional space of art, that we are compensated for the skills that we have. Now, that's not to say that you have to always do paid opportunities. I mean, a lot of the collaborations I've done, especially in the start, and actually, now that I think about it, I still do a lot 
of collaborations where there is no expectation of payment. Despite me being a full-time creative entrepreneur, I am definitely not somebody that is above doing free work, especially if it's something where it's either going to be beneficial for the book, so i.e. like my portfolio, or it's a new skill that I'm learning, or even if it's just somebody that I want to work with and I think they're cool and I want to execute this concept that I have. Honestly, a lot of the podcast episodes, they're all collaborations. There is no money being directly made through this podcast at the moment. And most of the guests that I have, neither one of us are getting paid. It's really just us collaborating on that project, on that episode with each other. And you can still get a lot from that collaboration, whether or not it's paid. But to say that, and I'm not above somebody that does free work, it's also really great when you do get paid because that payment can be invested back into your business, be invested back into your professional development and maybe taking a new course or learning a new skill that's going to help you within your creative career. With all that said, please, 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 please be clear when you're reaching out to people if it's going to be something that is volunteered or paid. And also, too, if somebody approaches you about a collaboration and they haven't asked or they haven't stated that that it is a volunteer or a paid opportunity, I always suggest making your first response is asking them for that clarity because ooh, that clarity, having that from the start is going to save a lot of headache and a lot of, oh, but like you said it was this, but it's actually this. You know, that whole thing where we're not on the same page and it just makes people butt heads. If you clarify it from the start, it's so much better. The second thing I also do see creatives kind of messing up on, and this is also my mistake that I've made in the past, is that when you reach out to somebody to collaborate, especially if it's something that is free, I've seen it where people will get upset if that person who you are requesting collaborating with, they're not up to collaborating. And they could say it in the nicest way, but oh my gosh, I remember I took one in the past so personally and I was like thinking oh I'm giving them my free services like blah 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 but I mean this is a whole point of asking somebody's not down for it they're not down for it and there's no need to push it I've also been on the other side of that where I've had people providing a collaboration opportunity whether it's volunteered or paid and I decline for various reasons maybe it's not matching with my mission it's not matching with my book it's not matching with my goals for the bank which is my financial investments within my business, my time investments too. Maybe I don't have enough time or my availability is just not having it that month. And I've had situations where people took it personally and I totally understood why they felt like that because I felt like that once. But, you know, we grow, we experience, and we understand a lot better on how we can not only communicate to others, but also take in what is communicated to us. And just to reiterate, if somebody says no to your collaboration, totally okay. There are so many people in this world that you can collaborate with, even people within your hometown. Like I said world, but really there's so many people even in wherever you live, whatever town you're in, that you can collaborate with and you can have those moments of innovation and inspiration that will just propel you in your creative career. But yeah, that's all I have to say in this little intro. Like I said, I have no idea what we talked about in this episode, so I'm going to experience this conversation for the first time as well. So let's listen in and enjoy. So 
today we are actually at Homegrown CLT, a really amazing festival, and we are so grateful to be here. We are Eat Like an Artist. It is a mindful entrepreneurship podcast for creatives. I'm Kareen. I'm a full-time professional photographer here, and really the main goal is for us to open up conversations that have to do with improving the mindset towards the creative process, making sure that creative entrepreneurs have resources towards building business skills and just overall mental wellness. Um, really quickly, I do want y'all to also get to know Libba over here. Um, Libba, could you say hi to our listeners that are here live as well as on the podcast and let them know what you do? Yes. Hello, hello. I am Libba Moore. I'm the founder of Charlotte Thrives and I do two things. One, I am a community event organizer, so I host creative events. That could be a watercolor hike, that could be dance events, and also I do queer storytelling shows at Free Range Brewery. So that's one, part A, and part B is I'm a videographer, but really I like to call myself a digital storyteller. I love helping artists bring their stories into the digital landscape, and I also love recording and documenting community events that happen and bringing them into the online space as well and showing folks ways that they can go about doing that, the best platform for them to bring their video and their story onto. So it's, it's a whole dance, the digital landscape. So um, navigating through all that is what I do and it's a good time. Yeah, and if y'all haven't taken any classes from Libba yet, they are so freeing and so wonderful. I really hope that y'all actually get to experience it. But for right now, I do want to dive into today's topic of collaboration. And I think there's nothing else that is better to talk about today other than here at Homegrown where you could literally see a plethora of different things that you get to collaborate on. Um, especially across industries. I think most of the time we think collaboration is, you know, it's just writers with writers, it's just photographers with photographers, it's just painters with painters, but I mean, you're out here, there's music going on everywhere, there are people who are authors here also getting to engage with the artists, visual artists. I mean, there's, there's an aerial hoop here, there's not a visual version of this, but literally on my left side there's going to be an aerialist performance and it's going to be amazing if y'all haven't ever done it or actually have seen a show. It is so, so cool. But I do want to talk to you, Libba, about the importance of having these types of collaborations because I think we just had a conversation before we did the recording about how Charlotte is really different now versus like a couple of years ago. Yeah, I am from Charlotte originally and when I first moved back, I was like, okay, I was a teacher and I was in nonprofit world. And now as I pivot into the creative community, I was like, Charlotte's known for banking and stiffness. And I really never ever saw it as a creative community. But when I moved back home, things that I would ask the creative community and folks that came into my life was like, what do you love about Charlotte? And consistently creative said, I love the collaboration that happens in this city. It is unlike any other metropolitan pod where things can operate in silos. There tends to be a lot of competition, but really there's room for growth and there's that hunger here. And that's something that's really, really exciting about Charlotte that I've come to discover and see is artists, creatives, 
are hungry to come together and to work together and to build together. And that co-creation piece is so, so important. And the work that I, could, I do would be impossible without collaboration, right? Like A, starting with venues, I need spaces to hold um, the events that I do. So I need folks to have these venues and to have these places. Um, and my events are all about community members actually coming and being a part of it. So their energy is really appreciated. And I tell folks when I host events, I get as much out of the event as the participants that come. So um, that reciprocity is uber duper important. Yeah, and I totally hear you on that too. And I think we often think, especially as creatives, that our work is done in isolation. And I know so many people ask me, oh, you're probably like editing in your like little editing cave because you know, my full-time job is photography and I get to take photos with people. But to be honest, most of my time is spent like at my computer. But I think we also forget that it's not just that. And I think when we get into that mindset that it is just that, it is just you and your isolation creating, you'll get into a weird space where your mindset is, it's just lonely, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then art becomes like not fun anymore and it becomes something that is just hard to continue. And I think when we really focus on doing collaborations, like with photography, I love doing photo shoots with different people all the time. I mean, after this podcast recording, I am collaborating with the event to go take some pictures of some people having fun at the event. So it's all gonna be something where, you know, maybe, yeah, 80% of my time of doing my craft is by myself, but that 20% is so powerful when you actually get to work with people and get to realize, wow, like the people here in this town are pretty cool. Absolutely. Is it on? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I have to like mute your mic every no, now and then. Okay. because Well, okay. here's the thing though too. I, just for anybody that's also listening to this, it, I have no idea how this is gonna sound after recording. Mainly because Haley, the, one of the organizers for Homegrown, she was just like, this would be a great idea. And I was like, yeah. And then a week before, I was like, I have no idea how to do this. <laughs> so we're going to see how this works. Um, but I wanted to speak to operating in isolation. I know for me, I've arrived at a place where it, after you operate in isolation for so long, you hit this spot of you do this spiral and it's the imposter syndrome spiral because you're just in your own little editing cave or your own writing cave or wherever your place, whatever your cave is. Um, I tend to just brrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
So I actually had to make a call over to get some help because I, I didn't know how to like set up any of the things, making sure that the mics don't end up interfering with the speaker. I mean, most of the time I'm wearing these headphones whenever I'm actually doing a podcast. I'm wearing one now, but really the main thing is we need to have the speaker so that everyone else can hear it. And it's so different from what an actual podcast area is. And being able to have somebody there to help me out with setting this up, and even too with the people that were organizing the event or just other random people that I met today who were really, really nice, they were really, really helpful with making sure that I could kind of get out of that imposter syndrome notion where I was thinking, oh, I don't want to do this and I want to quit, which I almost really did. I literally was about to be like, there's about to be a a blank section from 5 to 6 p.m. Like, I'm sorry, Haley, I'm not doing this. But I think whenever we get to those collaborations and especially get to work with other people, they really uplift us to do the things that are pretty hard. And I think that's the other thing with collaborations. They really challenge you to do things that you usually don't do. You get to share the journey with people, right? Like, I think at the end of the day, the presentation of what you see, the table, the mics, the setup, the headphones, the whatever, it's like, wow, how impressive. But you being vulnerable and talking about this was my journey and I needed support and needed help to pull this off, um, I found it so powerful to hear more and more about the artist's journey and people being vulnerable and honest about their work and like, hey, this painting, this is the story behind it. This is the book and the history and why I decided to write this work. Um, having artists come forward and being really real about what it took to pull it off um, because then it's going to reach more people and be like, hey, you could potentially th- do this too. Like, it was not easy peasy up in here, right? <laughs> it, it was a journey, right? So how can we bo- be more honest about the journey because that's going to inspire other people and spark their fire to learn like, hey, if they could do it, I could do it, you know? Mm-hmm. When did you start getting really comfortable with the idea of collaborating with people and also having that vulnerability to be like, hey, I need help with something or I need other people to help me figure out this creative vision that I have? Yeah, I think because of my background in education and in nonprofit world, that was always kind of a part of the sphere. Um, And when you work with children too, children are very truthful and they're very honest and they will call you out immediately if they detect any kind of power dynamic or if they don't trust your intention if there's not that respect there and it goes both ways I I tell folks time and time again when you work with children um, you have to earn their respect it is not immediate right Um, they are sometimes we see children as like little humans when really they are humans and we need to give them power and autonomy and trust where they're at, right? So I think because I've worked in those spaces for so long, um, collaborating comes easy. What I struggle more so with is owning my worth and owning my value because I've operated in the team space for so long. Now what I struggle more so with is understanding my worth too. Because again, like I come from education and Nonprofit world, and I don't know if you've looked up or Googled the stats on what a North Carolina teacher makes. Uh, it's not great. But that's more so my, where I hurt more so. Um, so collaborating is, it's second nature to me at this point. Are there anything that, or are there any things that you are currently collaborating with any creatives right yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about those projects? I'm also asking this because I know the answer. <laughs> but, <laughs> 
but I also really love hearing about what you're doing and how you're really approaching these two because I think that's another thing with collaboration is how do you even approach somebody to be like, hey, I, I want to work with you and I want to do these things with you. Coming from somebody that is a recovered people pleaser and a recovered, shy, introverted person that would just be at the wall and now has literally a podcast that has so much vulnerability in it. Yeah. How do you, yeah, how do you just go and approach those collaborations that you're currently working on? Yeah. Um, I think something that I can point to is the queer storytelling shows that I kicked off back in August. Um, there was a tickle in me over the summer. And for those of you that don't know, um, if you're new to Charlotte, Charlotte's Pride happens in August. And there was this tickle in me like, oh, I've always wanted to try storytelling and maybe stand-up comedy. And I have poetry that I just have, right? And I've, but I've never performed it. I've never brought it in front of a mic. But I know there are people out there that want this too. And especially for the queer community right now, we need the mic more than ever. And so I felt this tickle, I felt this tickle, and then a couple weeks before August, I was like, Libba, just go for it. Like, at the end of the day, if you're hungry for this, other people are too. So what was really special about that project and what we're continuing to do now that we're gonna continue on the show, uh, continue with the shows, is that I reached out to venues that had that really the queer community trusted, right? So that's why I decided to work with Free Range Brewery because queer artists told me Free Range has always been a queer friendly space. Um, it's not just for show, they don't just hang flags, they are open and honest and very, very much have built this bridge with the community for years. So that was a trusted um, business. And then also too, we're gonna start doing not only queer storytelling shows once every other month, we're also gonna start doing queer storytelling interest meetings and saying to folks, hey, if you're a seasoned performer, if you're an emerging performer, oh, just bump the mic, okay. <laughs> wherever you are in your storytelling experience, we're gonna start having these interest meetings so that we can build communities, so that we can bring these rough drafts that we have together and be these creative clusters and again, reaching out to venues and reaching out to businesses that have had a wonderful relationship with the queer community. Spoke Easy is where we're gonna ha start having these interest meetings. They're an amazing bike shop in downtown Charlotte in the Elizabeth neighborhood. Um, but honestly, it was, it was wonderful to start doing this because once we started, the queer community came forward and was like, yo, this is where you should do it at. And it was nice because I had those data points because queer artists are, already had it for me. I'm so glad that you mentioned the part that you're collaborating with businesses that you know are queer friendly spaces. And I think that's another thing. And I'm thinking about 18 year old me that was new to photography. I was just collaborating with whoever and whatever. And I was doing a lot of projects that weren't value aligned. And I think that's where I was a lot more susceptible to things like burnout, imposter syndrome, or just feeling like I just wasn't good enough, point blank period. And I think it's because the people and the things I decided to collaborate on were not things that truly made me feel safe to express myself. Because at the end of the day, that's what art is. I mean, we can put on huge shows like this and we can do all these things, but at the end of the day, it's supposed to be something that makes you feel good. And if it's not making you feel good, it's probably because your values are having to be compromised with that collaboration. 
Have you had any like bad collaboration experiences? You don't have to name anything specifically. <laughs> we can bleep out I'm names. Not gonna like pull out a list and start naming no. up names. There have been instances where I've had to put a boundaries, and as an artist, as a human being in this world, and really, actually, I believe our, all human beings are artists. Um, whether or not we know how to step into our artist power is a whole other thing, but I won't go down that rabbit hole. Um, but there have been times where I have felt myself really going inward and being like, you know what? I don't think this partnership is in alignment anymore and figuring out how to end that relationship. And there are ways to do it um, without burning bridges. And so some the language that I always go back to is that you don't know it, owe any explanation necessarily. A no is a no in an intimate relationship, in a friendship, in a business relationship. When something is coming to a close and that chapter is ending, it is, it is important for you to be honest um, about the end and to be clear about that um, end happening. Um, but you don't necessarily need to give them a dissertation as to why. Simply all you have to say moving forward, this is not an alignment with where the work, with where my work is headed. I appreciated the opportunity we had together. Yeah, it ends here. Sounds like a breakup. It is. <laughs> it is. I think that's the thing that's funny with a lot of stuff with business and art. They all kind of just coincide with each other and they kind of all blend in. I think a lot of the skills I learned from doing a creative business kind of seeped into my everyday life mm -hmm. because I mean, I guess you can call relationships collaborations. <laughs> yeah. I don't and, really know. Yeah, and to be real, this has also happened to me as well. Folks have, you know, we've had to come to an end. And sometimes it's for a variety of different reasons. Sometimes we both are in the knowing of like, oh, this is just not meant to be anymore. And sometimes you do blindside people, and that's unfortunate. Um, but inevitably, being clear and to the point is important and instead of doing this wishy-washy gray of like we could potentially work together in the future i don't find that to be the kindest thing to do sometimes because then people cling on to the hope that maybe mm. you could return um but just being and at the same time too you could potentially come together again um whether you know the universe calls for that to happen um but just to make it very very clear in the moment in the present and the now is super duper important for me no, that totally makes sense because I feel if we aren't brutally honest, and I don't like using the word brutally honest, I think it's mainly because it has this negative connotation that you have to say something that's like negative or something that nobody wants to hear. But if you're not, maybe the better word is fully transparent with the mm -hmm. people that you work with. Um, and that goes with anything from the details that you talk about before the collaboration or even the feedback you give to them. I mean, there's collaborations that I've had and we went through the whole thing and, you know, at the end of it, I was just kind of like, I wasn't feeling it. And, you know, they also were the same way. And I think that would have been a totally different situation if we were like, yeah, that's fine. That's good. And then we did it again. And then it was just like, uh, and then we have this like weird random reason to be together. And then we're, it's just like a whole mess of a whole situation. And I think when you're just fully transparent from beginning to the end, it's just better for both people, especially yourself. And I think that's the other thing with collaborations is that we tend to forget that we also need to establish our boundaries, what our values are. And 
it's okay to stick to them. Maybe something does come up, you're thinking that both of y'all are both transparent, but then something comes up in the process and suddenly values aren't aligned with it, it's totally okay to voice that. That, you know, if something is not making you feel super great, like let them know instead of just harboring down. Again, this is me being like a past people pleaser who used to never tell people if, oh, this doesn't make me feel great that you like said that or that we're doing this thing instead of this thing. I just would just be silent and just would not yeah. say anything at all. And only person that's really hurting is me at the end of the day. And it's not even just like a one-time hurt. It's like you're stacking up coins in the piggy bank that just makes you become burnt out. You become susceptible to the imposter syndrome again. You make yourself feel like you're not good enough. You get closer to even potentially quitting if you're not really ensuring that in this collaboration, it's not just about the other person, it's also about you and how you can make that an overall good experience at the end of the day. I think one of the wildest things I learned during therapy, yay therapy, go therapy, we yep. love it, <laughs> um, is that people pleasing is manipulation. And I remember hearing that for the first time and being like, no, I just be nice and that's it. I'm not manipulating anyone. My therapist was like, no, what people placing is, is it is you avoiding the conflict and then you avoiding potential tension in order to present yourself a certain way and inevitably to have people like you. And then I heard it that way and was like, oh man, I don't like the sound of that. Um, so learning that People pleasing, I think for a really, really long time, you see it as, oh, woe is me. I just want everybody to be happy and kumbaya. Inevitably, it is a manipulation tactic. And once that was delivered to me on that platter, thank you, um, Adrian, my therapist, she's a godsend, um, it really helped me change my language and my approach with my relationships. And honesty is actually kindness because it sets people free when you deliver the truth to them. Right, it gives them and you a moment to grow because growth, we need growth um, every single day. So I'm all about feedback. We have maybe like 15-ish more minutes. I think this would be a great time for us to see if we could pull in some people. Um, I also am just looking at the people in front of us, Ernesto, <laughs> in the back over there. We can also grab Ernesto. I mean, we both kind of can speak Spanish, so if he wants to talk in Spanish this a little bit, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. come yeah. on up. The water is warm. We'd love to have you. It really does actually Hi. feel weird to be in front of this, like this mic, so. Can I turn my chair a little bit? Yeah. This is your mic. Okay. Can you hear so, me? Yeah. Yes. Sorry. No, it's okay. I am forever nasally, so it's okay. <laughs> Hello. Ooh, oh, let's go, go a little bit closer. Okay. This yeah. is awesome. This is cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, have you been on a podcast before? No, I haven't. Okay, cool. Um, so with these mics, I don't know if you could really tell close. that me and Libba are so close to it. Get close, yeah. Yeah, okay. you got to get super close. I'm also going to turn up your mic a little bit. But if you could just introduce yourself, um, tell us who you are, what you do, you know, the good old who, what, when, where, why sort of deal. Okay, I'm Shika, and uh, I'm a social worker and a therapist. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, go therapy, woo! <laughs> um, and I'm actually a therapist in private practice here in Charlotte. I moved out here from Jersey about 
three years ago and um, advanced my practice, and the name of it is actually Collaborative Insights. So is this like fate? Yes. That I'm oh sitting in this crowd? Oh, yes. <laughs> Hold up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's super so cool. odd. Yeah. But like, you know, the universe really be doing some ways. It Especially, does. I think it's when, when people are on that journey of like healing, I think we just like find each other. Yes. And I've also realized a lot of the people that I meet, including you today, are either a therapist themselves or are in therapy and are like, yes, therapy. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking a little bit about collaboration and I wanted to ask you and because you're so graciously on here and now you're going to be on this recorded podcast if Ooh. this works out well. Um, what does collaboration mean to you? Uh, it's, a, it's a big thing for me. Uh, as a social worker, it's in everything we do. Um, we couldn't do our work alone. We have to work with other people because that's part of connecting with others and supporting them, creating change. And so I, it was like, when you guys are talking about it, I'm like, of course, I, I can't see my life or my career without it. I would love to know when folks come to you with imposter syndrome, how you coach them and language and what the toolbox is um, that you typically give to them. So I... Um, I I actually practice a little bit more trauma-focused therapy with folks, I and I come from the lens of sometimes looking at it as where did you learn that, or what was safe about that idea or that belief, and then identifying maybe a new belief or a new behavior that to create more safety within, and so that looks like you know being able to practice that. Even like me coming up here, I'm like, I don't want to talk up here. This feels really vulnerable. And I talk to people about this all day. So I think just like being able to know this is actually really cool and safe. And like, whoo, I stood up and came up here and like recreating that as a safer experience to fall back on. So the more we challenge these beliefs and these emotions and then pair it with a new behavior, um, we're relearning something or, or challenging something we learned from the past. So that's sort of where I, I go deep, um, being that it is trauma work, but that's, that's sort of, um, yeah, that's been my practice as well. How vulnerable do you allow yourself to be with folks? Um, like to what degree? And when can you kind of, is there like a sense or intuition when you feel like you might be stepping over the line? Because yeah, I'm, I'm always curious about that with social workers, with therapists, anybody that practices, it's like, you know, to some degree you want to relate, but when do you feel like you try to tend to not overshare, I guess is the question. So that's, that's been a, um, as I've gotten more into niche practice, it's gotten even more challenging sometimes because I'm like, oh, but we're going through very similar things or I can totally understand. And so the first thing is I just remind myself that although two people can be having the same experience, they're also very, very different. Um, and so I, I don't want to assume that another person has, you know, my exact experience and giving sp people the space to just talk through their experience in the way they want to. So, you know, I, I wonder if this has ever happened to you, but when you're talking to a friend about your experience, they're more likely to respond and be like, oh, me too, blah, 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 here's my experience. And then those things get enmeshed. And when we just let people have the space to give their story, I'm like, okay, I'm giving them their space to do that. Um, so I remind myself of that. And then the other one is, 
is my experience helpful to this person? Oh, that's like the bigger, the big question. Like, do they really need me to tell them my experience versus let them discover and try and grow? And then there are times where I'm like, woo, okay, I got to tell you this because we got to go through this together maybe. Um, but it's, it's like a touch and go. I feel like that's how a lot of creative collaborations happen too. Like even outside of the therapy space and you go into more like business or even like event stuff like this. It's also knowing, okay, what can I give to you and what can I help you with? And it's like, it should be a mutual thing. And now that you're saying that, which is always so funny because I always have this happen when I talk to my friends that are therapists, I have epiphanies. But when I was talking about earlier with the collaborations, I didn't feel good because the values were just misaligned. It was most of the time, it felt like I was giving so much and not getting a lot in return. And when it's in like a relationship where, you know, it's something that is established as a collaboration, it's something that you are both mutually benefiting from, but then one person doesn't feel that. I think that's where we get that bit of like dissonance, a bit of like imbalance, because our expectations didn't meet the reality. Dang, I had that epiphany right now. <laughs> well, thank you. what happens when you talk to a therapist. You're like, I just have this like energy, you know, that just provides people with epiphanies. Absolutely. Should put that on a shirt. I know. Maybe got on a shirt. Now, actually, I always curiously ask this too with people who have careers outside of creative stuff. Is there, what do you do creatively? Do you have like any creative hobbies or anything like that? Yeah, so I, uh, the last couple of uh, years, I've actually been advancing my practice in ecotherapy, which is uh, creating the deeper parallel and connection to nature while healing and recovering from trauma. I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> oh my God, um, this was meant to be. Yeah, <laughs> and so speaking of collaborations, I'm currently working on um, a bigger community project, and so I'm partnered with Carolina Farm Trust, and uh, this morning I was just doing our group there. And so we do a monthly uh, mental health support group out there on the farm. And you know, we get out there, we move, we meditate, uh, get into our bodies, practice breath work, and then get a chance to uh, process a prompt of something relating to mental health. And then folks get to walk out on the farm and reconnect with like all the wonderful things they've got going out there. And um, if you guys don't know, Carolina Farm Trust is a nonprofit here in Charlotte, and they have community farms based all throughout the county and um, all the farms grow back into the neighborhoods and so they sell back their produce and all their goodies and so I'm hoping to sort of advance that and get more people out there to just connect with land but also give back to the community. I'm making so many faces mainly because <laughs> Lib <laughs> wait I'm gonna just Libba you gotta explain why. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I just First, thank you for doing the work that you do and showing up how you do. Um, for me, I have recently come to discover and learn a truth about myself is that I feel most at home when I'm in nature. And learning the statistic recently that in our waking time and in our time on this earth, 93% of that time is spent indoors. And that is not how our ancestors intended. Uh -uh, it's not the way. So. I'm just like, all of these ideas are bubbling up where I'm like, wait, how can we collaborate? Like, 
Yeah, um, I was just thinking that I'm like, I think on this episode that we just are talking about collaboration, there might be a collaboration. <laughs> Stay <laughs> tuned. Is, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, I have stickers. <laughs> I would love one. Thank I love you. stickers. Um, but yeah, no, I'm like actually serious. Like once we're done, like recording all this stuff, y'all need to connect. Let's hang out. Like I'm yeah, actually like out. legit. Yeah, <laughs> it's so perfect. This is cool. This is how collaboration works, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. It's just you know random occurrences, and yeah. you just end up you know finding the people that you're meant to work with. So, yeah. wow, you're amazing. Thank Hi, you. Thank you. I have a question for you. Oh. Um, has yes. there ever been a moment where you feel like things are out of alignment and you approach that, that person in that partnership and you have a conversation with them and you're able to figure out expectations moving forward and what that's looked like? Has that ever been an incident in your life? Um, I think when it's... When it comes to a lot of business stuff, I've gotten to the habit of doing contracts all the time. Honestly, when it's, of course, business related, it's a lot easier to have a contract in place where you can be transparent, you can have that communication, you have those expectations set. I think when it comes to more creative collaborative work where I'm just doing it for fun with people, I, I really make sure that the first thing we talk about is what our goals are, but even before that part, when we actually do the planning of the collaboration, most of the time the people I collaborate with are people I am already really comfortable with, people that I already know, mainly because if they're already people I've met and I've already been with them, I've talked with them on an aspect that is more just like casual and socially, I can kind of gauge their values a little bit better. And I think that really comes from being in a space where not only am I existing in this world as a queer woman. I'm also an immigrant. I'm also like Filipina. I'm Asian. There's so many things within my identity and a lot of things that not everybody that I'm going to meet is not going to be aligning with the values that I have. Primarily because they had different experiences in life and I think that's totally okay. But I think I'm also at a place right now where my goals are really really dependent on making sure that I choose the right people to be with, to collaborate with. Because again, we talk about collaborations and we think it's like that one moment that we actually get to go together, but it's the before, the during, the after, you're with that person for a while. So it's not just like a one and done sort of deal. It's, it's a long, long relationship. And if you wanna have a good relationship, probably should know like who that person is and like what they, are interested in what they value and how does that fit into you in your life and I think I've not only put that with my social relationships and any other sort of thing that is like casual even my business stuff I'm always thinking okay is this this person that I am meant to work with I'm meant to serve I'm meant to be with in whatever aspect it is for however long that may be no thank you for sharing yeah you want to come we on? got like 60 seconds if you want to come on up. <laughs> For the listeners who are just hearing us saying random things, because we are recording this episode, we just saw our friend over here, Ernesto. Um, now, I do want to ask, do you have a preference in speaking in English or Spanish? For this because we do we can. We can try Spanish, right? Okay. We, it might but be more Spanglish for me. Let's, let's, uh, <laughs> what language do you speak? English? 
Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. What do you prefer? Let's try English and okay. if I yeah. don't understand. I think if you have like any stories or any sentences that are best expressed in Spanish, like go ahead and do it. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. probably, yeah. All right, cool. Well, actually, I'm going to have Libba, you, you start with the first question because I did the first question first yeah. time we did it. Um, tell us about a project, a collaboration that you did with another artist, another group that was really inspiring for you, that you really enjoyed and loved. So, um, yeah, when I was, when I just got here to Charlotte, to the States, and I started looking for uh, cultural groups, uh, organizations. It was kind of new. It was, there was not that much uh, options that I, that I was able to find. Uh, but um, a few years later, I started working I, I, with a few friends. They are friends now. Uh, one of those are uh, Irisol Gonzalez, and she photo documentary uh, her job and after that, when this CEI uh, from Charlotte's Creative started, we were part of the first cohort. And then I started working, actually working with other artists like her and many others. Um, and I started doing an, my own project and I'm still working on it. Uh, I think that working as a community for us, every kind of artist, creatives, you know, it's uh, it's muy útil. It's encontrar mucho provecho. It worth for all of us working as a community, working as uh, a creative group, because pretty much all of us runs our own business, right? I know Corinne is a photographer. I am also a photographer. You're an artist, and we are like small micro own business, right? On creativity, when we work together, I mean, we can work together doing any photography project or with you, that becomes in a greater project sometimes. And yeah, that's pretty much what I, how I feel about working with other creatives. Yeah, in my opinion, I poder in numeros, right? There's power in numbers for me. Mm. Yeah. Exacto, sí. Yeah. Yeah. Sumar. Mm -hmm. yeah. Eso es. Mm -hmm. Sumar. You, you, you understand what means sumar? Yeah. Like, I'm much better at understanding Spanish than I am speaking it, but I totally <laughs> got you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great being and joining these kind of events and uh, meeting a lot of creatives, artists in different disciplines like music, uh, drawing, how could I say design, right? Like a uh, wheel that is somewhere over there. And I really feel that artists and creative community here in Charlotte is growing exponentially. Thank goodness. Yeah, um, we do need to wrap up really quickly. Um, usually for podcast episodes, I <laughs> I try to just like let the conversation flow, but we are on a schedule today. So um, to you. wrap up, could you two in one sentence provide advice to any creatives that are listening when it comes to how they can better approach collaborations in the future? If you don't know, take the time to meditate 
and to be still and to be silent and figure out what your compass is. Mm, I love that. All right, one sentence. It could be wh whatever uh, you think is the best advice that you could give to somebody that's listening to this. Um, I would say uh, working together makes great things happen for all of us. Yeah. We, uh, I, I, I'm, I know artists like us have great skills, but working together could make it better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you to you both, and absolutely thank you to, oh, what's up? <laughs> oh, and this has a live on, that's why I just randomly said that. Um, but yes, uh, we're going to go ahead, wrap up this episode of Eat Like an Artist. Thank you again for both of you for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your experiences. We're going to definitely add in what people can do to continue to support everyone that we've gotten to talk to today and any other episodes. It's all going to be on the show notes. Um, in Spanish. And in Spanish, too. <laughs> we'll have some translation. Because that's, that's what I could do. I can translate. I can listen. I don't know what it is. I just don't have the speaking down. But it, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Y'all can also shout out your Instagrams really quick sure. as well. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, first, I just want to say I admire you so much. You do so many incredible things in this community. Um, you are a bridge builder, so thank you for all of the work that you do and also helping artists come into the spotlight and to showcase what they do. Like, you are smashing it, so appreciate it so, so much, <laughs> truly. Um, but I am Charlotte Thrives. My Instagram, you have to spell it out, is Charlotte underscore Thrives. And yeah, that's my organization. <laughs> Over to you. Um, well, same here. Thank you very much. Uh, it was kind of unexpected for me being here, to be honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, thank you, yeah. And my Instagram is at Ernesto Moreno Photography. Uh, and yeah. You can find me on Instagram, on, on Facebook too. Yeah, I still have Facebook. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, again, thank you to you both. Thank you to Homegrown thank CLT you. for this opportunity. We are also going to share a recap from this episode and this event because we're going to be photographing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the work doesn't end. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank and you. we'll head out to the outro. That's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, rate this podcast five stars and check out the link in the description to view the show notes. Everything in this episode is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace finance, tax, law, mental health, and other professional services. As always, we are here to support you because we don't believe in gatekeeping and we want all of our listeners to become thriving creatives. We'll continue the conversation about mindful creative entrepreneurship in next week's episode. Until then, stay inspired, keep creating, and eat some good food. This podcast was edited by Alexis Carrasquillo from Familia Creative Media.